Women Taking the Lead, Episode 54. Active listening means that I'm waiting for you to finish what you're saying, and then I will take a second. I've become okay with the uncomfortable silence, so I can really process what has been asked. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn, and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. This episode is sponsored by Luma Coaching. Want some support to get your dreams off the ground? Go to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Honoré Corder, who has been a successful entrepreneur for almost 20 years as a business coach, successful author, executive coach, keynote speaker, and corporate trainer. Almost all of her books are bestsellers, including her runaway hit, Vision to Reality. Honoré's mission is to inspire and motivate people to turn their vision and dreams into their real-life reality, sharing a leading-edge process she originally created for herself and then eventually shared with executive and business coaching clients. Honoré, that's just a little intro for everyone, so tell us more about you and your own humble beginnings. Oh, I have the humblest of humble beginnings. (laughs) When I saw that question, I was like, oh, I've got this one. (laughs) This is a question I have. So I was raised, it's funny, I did an interview earlier and I said I was raised by wolves on a farm. (laughs) And it's not far from that. I had advanced degreed professional parents who were um, challenged in parenting. And so I ended up in a foster home and then in a children's home. And so I was on my own working three jobs to finish high school. So I was a senior in high school working three jobs with no car and fortunately had a good friend who took me in and I lived with her for the last year of my schooling. So for me um, to, to sit where I sit and be where I am is kind of surreal. Wow. Holy smokes. From that story to your bio. Yeah, you didn't see that coming, did you? (laughs) Not at all. That was that was a good one. You held that one close. My goodness, even in the pre-chat, that didn't come up. And uh, wow, I'm just kind of taking that in right now. That must have been just obviously shaped who you are. Um, And you you're very resilient, you know, to to have that beginning and to be where you are now. So clearly, you've experienced success in your life, incorporated a lot of the lessons learned, and you've gained confidence. But take us back to a time when you were playing small, and you may not have been aware of it at the time. Share with us the story and the lessons you've learned. Well, I have probably five examples of that playing small. Like That question really kind of went right in between the eyes. But I think the most recent example would be in my coaching business, because you and I are both coaches. And so we can kind of meet in the middle on that one. I know that for a really long time, I was getting really good results for my clients. And I wasn't charging what other coaches were charging because I thought, oh, didn't go to college, don't have a coaching certification, right? All of the head noise that we Mm -hmm. have. And the head noise is really that voice in our, in ourselves that says, oh, you're not able to do that. You can't do that. Why, who are you to think you can do that? Mm Mm-hmm. 
But eventually I had some encouragement and had some mentors and they said, you know, you're worth every dime of this other person. And so I gradually increased my prices and increased my prices. And now I get, who are you to charge? (laughs) Who do you think you are to charge that much? And I can confidently answer today, I get the results that back up that number. I have a hundred people you could call that would say you'd be silly if you can get a spot, not to get a spot. But it took an evolution of my own self-talk and my own self-beliefs and belief and changing what I believe that I deserved in order to charge commensurate and then charge a little bit more and then charge a little bit more. And then as I got busier and busier saying, you know, I don't really have time to do it. So if you want to do it, you've got to make it worth my while just as I'll make it worth yours. Does that make sense? Yes. No. In fact, that makes sense for, you know, coaches or any service providers because we don't have typically have a tangible product, right? We Mm. could sell books or programs, but the benefits of those tend to be intangible first before being tangible. But what really speaks to people is when they're run, they don't have time. They, they, their schedule is loaded up. They're at their limit with clients. And, you know, I coach some coaches as well. And I say, okay, it's time. You got to raise your prices. Like clearly you are providing value if you are in demand this much. Right. And that's when they can make the change. But it can be hard if you have, you know, maybe your schedule isn't packed, but to acknowledge I'm already worth that price, even if my schedule isn't packed. Correct. And what you're providing, just to kind of go down that path just a little, is when I'm working with other service professionals, one of the things that I will say to them is you're not charging someone for the hour. You have to get the the time money equation out of your head and you have to factor in your experience, your education and your knowledge. All of the, all of the other time. So if you're charging, you know, $300 an hour, 500 an hour, $20,000 an hour, the person who's paying you, even if you're providing a service and giving them a document at the end, if you're an attorney or a CPA or a coach, whatever they're getting at the end, tangible or intangible, they're not paying for that hour because that's silly. You can pay a person eight bucks for an hour. What they're paying right. for is what you bring to that hour that they can't get by themselves. Yes. And that's what we're charging for. Absolutely. Especially with coaches, it's not just the service for the hour. It's the level of service for the hour. So this is what I'm thinking of. A coach who is really in tune with their ideal clients, right? They've, they've niched down. They know exactly who they're meant to be serving and who they're not meant to be serving, right? They've done that work and they've taken all of their experience with prior clients, and now they're bringing that to the table with their newer clients, they are going to ask more powerful questions than just a generalist. Correct. Per se. And so the value that they provide in that hour is exponentially greater. Right. And so, and like you and I could go on. It's the sharp end of the spear. It's the sharp end of the spear, right? You wouldn't take a knife to a gunfight. Right. And once you have like the sniper, the sniper does a much better job than someone who's walking around with a butter knife going, I'll get him. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And for those listening, even if you're not a coach, even if you're not a service provider, you know, really take a look at what the value is that you bring to the table, what quality, what experience, whatever you're working on, you know, chances are you're probably downplaying the value that you bring 
and you provide for people. Yes. If you tried to memorialize every single thing that you do, it would take you a really long time. The things that you take for granted, even as moms, right? Even (laughs) as a mom, it's like, I work from home all day, but my family comes home and I've done four loads of laundry and I've changed the sheets and I've run the vacuum and I've dusted the house and I've, you know, I've made dinner and I've had six coaching calls and written three chapters. (laughs) And they just come on. How was your day? Oh, I'm exhausted. I just worked today. And I was like, oh, if only. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You know, it's all the the hidden, the hidden elements that we bring to the table. And yet it's my domestic goddess paycheck. That's the smallest. Go figure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully that will pay off in later years. Yes, sure. (laughs) Sure of it. I know it's coming. Keeping a positive attitude. All right, Honoré. Now share with us a time in your journey when you had a wake-up call. Take us back to that moment and share with us the steps you took that led to your success. So I was a single mom. I was divorced when my daughter was very young, when she was two, and I was coaching. And you and I both know that whatever you do professionally, right, it's not that people don't care, it's that they don't care, (laughs) right? (laughs) Whatever's going on with you, we all have a finite amount of caring. We can care for like this intimate level of family and friends. But if someone else kind of comes to our party and they're Debbie Downer, we're like, no, no, (laughs) wrong atmosphere. And so I knew as a coach and as a professional that it wasn't that people didn't care that I was a single mom and I was having a rough time, it's that they didn't care. Right. Mm -hmm. And especially as a coach on the phone, if someone called in and they were like, how are you today, coach? I couldn't be like, oh, my gosh, (laughs) let me just tell you, (laughs) (laughs) you would not believe the last 24 hours. Right. So I had to kind of turn on and be ready for every single one of my calls and speeches and interactions. And I had this moment where I realized I wasn't eating my own dog food, that I was coaching people to practice what I now call the miracle morning, because there's actually a book called the miracle morning that I really wish I had written. Um, but it's about setting yourself up to win in the morning, having these everyday practices that you practice very first thing before you ever encounter another human being. And I realized that I was coaching them to do it, but I wasn't doing it for myself. And then I did. Then I got to a state where I was in such a good place. I was I was in a coffee shop and I was meeting with someone and I was sh- talking to them about something very specific. They were an intellectual property attorney and I had some ideas. And so I'm sharing all of this and I get up to leave the coffee shop. And this woman literally comes from across the coffee shop and she says, I don't know who you are, or what you do, but I have to know you. And I said, okay, I'm kind of open to that kind of stuff, right? It could have been odd <laughs> had I not been open to it. But she I said, okay. And so she said, let's get together. And we got together for coffee. And then we coffee led to lunch and lunch led to her hiring me as a client. And it turned out that we lived in the same community. So a few months later, I said, I'm just really curious why you kind of came across the coffee shop. And she said, you were just so excited and you had such a light on and you were vibrant. And I just had to know you. And I, I thought, wow, that's really cool. And then later I had this moment of this wake up call, right? This wake up call moment where I said, how many times have I missed the opportunity to bring someone into my life or have someone in my life or have an experience in my life? Because I wasn't in a place where I had taken the time to turn on, where I had just kind of gone throughout the day, like, oh, I'll just put my hair up in a scrunchie. I'll just wear sweats. 
I'm just not going to bring my energy to the day in the way that I could, right? Because there are some days we feel like it and some days that we don't. And a lot of those days, the my daughter was four, five, six, and I was a single mom and it was just tough. It was just, uh, just tough with my ex and tough with my with, you know, building a business and and doing all the things that I was doing. And and I look back and think, how did I ever do that? But I really had to, to not just give the advice, but take it. And then once I took it, I I realized that I would have so many more opportunities if I could be fully myself and being fully myself was being in a good mood, Mm. putting myself in a good mood and putting myself in a good place and not just saying to someone else, you know, you should put yourself in a good mood, but what am I doing now? That's not for me. (laughs) Yes, yes. And what I'm hearing is it's not necessarily fake it till you make it. It's do what it takes to get yourself in a good place so you can bring your best self forward. That's right. It's an intentional and purposeful practice of I'm going to get myself in the place to capitalize on opportunities, one, but also I call it weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. Right? (laughs) When you're in such a place that it's, even if something comes at me, I'm, I'm solid, right? My yeah. roots go all the way to the center of the earth. Like I once gave a presentation where my daughter had been up all night. She had been throwing up on me. I was tired, but I was speaking to moms. And so I kind of opened the presentation with, you know, I didn't want to necessarily be in a good place, but I didn't want to be in a bad place either. Like zero would be a good place today, right? right? And it was because I hadn't centered myself at the start of that day. And I recognize the power of that daily morning practice where I wake up and I, and there are six practices and their affirmations, visualization, a little bit of meditation, reading, exercise, and journaling. And then I'm studying Spanish. I'm, it's going to take me about 400 years to become fluent at my pace, but I'm going to get there. <laughs> yeah. Just to keep yeah. keep the sharpening the sword yes, there. Exactly. I'm I'm building neural pathways in my brain. That's what I'm told. So I have these six practices in the morning that I do, and they really do make a difference. There are days when I wake up, my alarm goes off at 4:30, and I think, oh, really? <laughs> mm. I feel like mm-hmm. my head just hit the pillow. But then within two hours, I am excited about my day. And that's, there's a difference if you wake up and go, oh, really? And that sets the tone for your day, right? There are the people that are like, don't talk to me until I've had coffee, right? I'm like, don't talk to me until I've had my miracle morning. But after my miracle morning, you may want to have had coffee. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm raring to go. I ready. And I don't drink coffee. So there you have it. I love that. And yeah, I think, you know, that what, um, jumps out at me, what I know to be true is, you know, our ability to connect with other people, to build relationships. And it could be any area of your life. It could be your boss, you know, friends, strangers you might want to connect with. They're deciding whether or not they want to spend more time with you based on who you're being. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you feel like people are avoiding you, like you're not getting appreciated or recognized, Take a look at who you're being. Not that there's anything right or long, wrong. Just take a look. And, you know, if there is some work to do there because you're not bringing your best self forward, do what you can to, to, to allow that to happen. That's huge. Yes. And you can get happy in the same pants you got cranky in. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and th- I think that's good for grownups as well as kids. Right. No one yeah. wants to be around someone who's 
unhappy and complaining. And it's not that there isn't a time and a place for you to express challenges because believe me, everyone, and you know this as a coach too, everyone is up against it in some way. We don't get on the phone with anyone and they go, you know what? My life is awesome. My body fat is low. My bank balance is high. Everything is great in every single way. What do you got for me, coach? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never had a call start like that. I've never had a conversation <laughs> with someone start like that ever. So everyone's up against it. It's so true. It's so true. I've had calls start with, I don't know what to talk about, but usually what I say to my, um, you know, cause I, I right now I, I'm leading a workshop series on teaching people in the office environment, coaching skills that they can bring back to use in their, their office, you know, and what I say to them is like, whenever somebody says to me, like, I, yeah, I really don't know what to talk about. Those turn out to be the best conversations Mm -hmm. because that is resistance. Like that first, I don't know. So I haven't gotten the like, Hey, life is great. Everything's perfect. (laughs) But I do get that. I don't know every night. Right. I get that. I get that too. And it's usually, I don't know if what I want to talk about, I can talk about with you. Right, right. And then quick, they quickly discover, oh, yeah, it's totally open. Yeah, that's totally ready. Good. Bring it. Yeah, yeah. And Honoré, what I want everyone to get is there's no one way to lead, right? We're all different. We're all going to lead differently. You see this all over the place. So how would you describe your leadership style? Fast and furious. <laughs> <laughs> you can see um, that. I, you know what? I try to lead in the way that I want to be led. So I kind of want to know where we're going and what my responsibilities are, and then let me at it. Mm -hmm. So I do best with like the members of my team. And it's funny because someone was saying self-publishing really isn't self-publishing because you have so many people on your team. Self-publishing infers that you're doing it all yourself. And that's so not the case, right? So from my assistant to my editors, to my graphic designer, I mean, like I have people, lots and lots of people. And so I work best with people who are really good at what they do and they take ownership and stewardship over it. And so that's how I am. I I feel like I just lead from that place. Yeah, that's huge. Like having the vision, the expectations, and then let me do it my way. Yes. I'll get it done. Here's the end result that I want to see and then Mm -hmm. go do that. And of course, in the beginning of any relationship, there's correction. So when something comes, when someone's new, I'll say, okay, so here's more of what I was looking for, which to me says that my communication skills were lacking, not their hearing skills were lacking. I just take ownership over that relationship and make sure that what they're hearing is what I'm saying. Because I remember when my daughter was very, very little and I had just gone to a women's leadership conference. And she, we went to go see some friends that were across town and they gave her this really loud toy, like I think to mess with me. (laughs) And she was still in a car seat. So she was maybe four or five. And I, she starts to play the toy. And I said, honey, you have to wait until we get home. When we get home. And my vision was, I'm going to send her outside to play with said loud toy. When we get home, this is a vision in my head. And so normally when we would get close to home, when we were turning onto our street, I would say, okay, honey, we're home, right? And yet that's when she started playing with the toy, except that's not what I had in my head. Mm-hmm. I had in my head, you would play with the loud toy outside. And in her head, I had said, you, I get to play with my toy when we're home. So she was waiting for me to say, we're home when we turned onto the street. Right. And that was home. And that was home. home. Well, because that's what I had told her a hundred times before. We're home. 
home. And so that's the, that's where communication gets missed, missed, right? I remember at the same conference, someone said, okay, now you may serve the eggs. And the person holding the eggs, like it was, everyone was on silent except for the people that could talk. And one of the leaders said, okay, now you may serve the eggs. And so she took the eggs and served them like a tennis ball. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) So in other words, what you have in your head may not be what the person with you has in their head. Right. And so leadership really is taking ownership and stewardship of that relationship and making sure that what I'm saying is what you're hearing and vice versa. It's so huge. So huge. And I think the thing is, you know, I've come across leaders who are irritated and annoyed with people for not understanding them the way they intended to be heard. You know, but it's it's so makes such a difference if you're able to take a step back and take responsibility for the communication and just correct it. Like you said, there's always going to be correction and that's fine. That's just human interaction there. We don't have to judge it. Correct. Correct. And Honore, what is one thing you are working on right now that you're really excited about? Oh, um, so I just looked over at my list of the five things. <laughs> I was like, do I have to pick one? Um, so I am now Hal Elrod's business partner for the Miracle Morning book series. So I'm putting the finishing touches on the Miracle Morning for network marketers. This will be the third book that I've helped him publish in the series. I'm really excited about that. I just published Prosperity for Writers, the book and the course which is for aspiring and published writers and authors who feel like they can't make money from their writing. And so I think they can. Mm-hmm. And so those are, I think, two and things. And then my daughter went back to school. This is the second week of school. So I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I just can't even tell you how amazing it feels to have school back in session, right? Like it used um, to be school's out for the summer. Like now the song is school's back in session. <laughs> Yes, yes. And at the time this goes live in Maine, at least, and for some other parts, school will have been in session for a couple weeks then, too. So I'm sure there's a lot of mothers out there going, mm-hmm, uh-huh. mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, because every summer day starts with, what are we doing today? Yeah. Like, um, I think I'm going to duct tape you to a chair, drink a fifth of Jack Daniels, and then I'm going to do some work. I don't know. What do you have planned for your day? <laughs> And now somebody else gets to hear that question. Yes. Te- teacher, what are we doing yeah, today? Are we doing today? <laughs> oh, no, they don't say that. They, My daughter's 15, right? So she's like, she, I just want to get in and get out. Without, <laughs> I'm not going to ask any questions. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's true. It is hilarious. All right, Honore, now I'm going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one, pr- I know you have a lot of practices, but what is one practice you'd like to highlight, especially that makes you a better leader? Listening. I really do my best to listen more than I talk. I think that helps me to lead effectively. And what's something, um, cause I love, I love this answer because I'm, I'm a huge proponent of, of listening, but I know there are some people who struggle with like, I want to be a better listener. I'm just not getting there. What is something you do to kind of, I guess, check yourself or keep you, yourself on the rails to know like, okay, I'm listening or that helps you to listen better? I, well, I don't listen while, while waiting to give an answer. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm active listening means that I'm waiting for you to finish what you're saying. And then I will take a second. I've become okay with the uncomfortable silence. So I can really process what has been asked. 
And then if I'm not understanding or I want more information, I'm asking questions. Tell me more about that. Give me more information. Like I'm not in such a hurry to start talking when someone stops talking. I want to give them that space. So it's that it's coming from that place of like, my goal here is to understand you, mm -hmm. not, not to contribute to this conversation yet. Correct. Love that. Okay. And what is one book you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership? Law of Success by Napoleon Hill. And what did you like about that book? Mm, I've wrote so many things. I've read it 15 times and it's big. It's like 1500 pages. I would say over the last five years, I've read it 15 times. I just keep reading it and reading it and reading it because it challenges me to work on every single aspect of me. And I'm a nerd. <laughs> I'm a nerd for the personal growth. So I think if you get bit by the, by the bug of personal growth, like then mm -hmm. you will always want to be growing and being, becoming better. And that's where I sit. I love that. And knowing what you know now, if given a chance to go back and do anything differently, what would you change? I would have gotten out of my way sooner. I would have not listened to the head noise. I would have turned the volume down on the you can't and turned the volume up on the you can. Mm, getting that inner critic under control. Mm, yes. Love it. She's very feisty. <laughs> Yes, she gets that way, doesn't she? <laughs> Especially when you're doing things that stretch you. Mm -hmm. Even if it's just a little bit, she gets louder. Yeah, 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 <laughs> totally. They love it. Attention. And Honoré, share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. So I took the, the quote, there's always a way if you're committed, Tony Robbins, and I mm. changed it to my own committed eats impossible for breakfast because the word impossible is I'm possible. So committed means I'm possible. And so what that means to me is if I'm really committed to something and I'm committed to myself, I will find a way or I will make a way or God will make a way or Santa will make a way. There will be a way I will get there. I really love that. And there's a great Goethe quote. I can't do it right now. It's not off the top of my head on commitment and how, you know, once you're committed, like doors start mm -hmm. opening. Things Providence start steps happening. in. Yeah. Yes. 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 Awesome. The unseen forces, right? Like those, once you commit to something a hundred percent, the unseen forces come to your aid, but it's not until you make that commitment. And so it's, you've got to make the commitment to yourself, to your business, to your kids, to your marriage, to, to whatever. And once you do, it's almost like whoosh, right? People and opportunities and coincidences, quote unquote, show up to prove that you're on the right path. It's very powerful. Very cool. It's incredibly powerful. And I, I'll say to my clients when they first hire me, I'm like, you're going to get a lot of results in the first few weeks. I can near, I can almost guarantee it. It always happens because you, when you hire, whether it's me or another coach, when you hire somebody, right, you put the money down, you sign the contract, you are committing yourself and that starts creating change. And sure enough, mm -hmm. all, all this sort of stuff starts happening for them. Yep. It's crazy. Awesome. It is. Okay. It is. And honoree, lastly, what is the best way for those listening to connect with you? 
Um, they can find me through my website, honorayquarter.com. And I'm everywhere on social media at Honore, H-O-N-O-R-E-E. Yes. And you have all the social media buttons on your website oh, as well. Oh, I sure I do. The <laughs> websites are such a great hub. That's what I normally do too. I'm like, just go to the website and connect with me wherever you like yes, to be. Yes, and please so, connect. I mean, my favorite thing is hearing from someone. Like, I love that. Awesome. So people listening to this, do that. Reach out to her. She's awesome. Awesome to chat oh, with. Bless. Thank and you. <laughs> and you can find all the links and resources shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com, or you can use the short link, which is womentl.com. I will have Honoré's website link there so you can easily get a hold of her. And Honoré, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Oh, gosh. Thank you so much for having me. What a blessing you are, too. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Were you inspired to take some action today, but maybe don't know where to start? Or maybe you have so many great ideas you can't decide where to focus your attention. Don't let stress or overwhelm stop you from having the career, the business, or the life you want to live. Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching or use the short link womentl.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson, so here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.